All right, everybody, it's two dudes in one cart. We're coming up on the tee box here, and we're getting ready to tee off. John, how you doing today, bud? Oh, man, just living the dream. Well, a lot of interesting things have happened over the past four days in golf. Uh, I know you don't get down in the weeds like I do, but it's kind of hard to miss. I mean, you've got to... At Adrian Moronk signing with Liv. Uh, now we've got reports Anthony Kim signing with Liv. We got Terrell Hatton signing with Liv. We got Caleb Surratt, one of the top amateurs in the world, signing with Liv. We got uh, Nick Dunlop, obviously, went with the PGA. Um, Lori Cantor and a few other guys are getting some wild card spots on Liv, which I'm pretty sure that's probably what uh, Anthony Kim's going to get. But I think with all this stuff going on, all these signings, this new deal that the PGA has created, which turns into the PGA PGA Tour Enterprises, and that the PGA Tour will still be the governing board, but the lucrative portion or the profit portion, anything that's profitable, will fall under the PGA Tour Enterprises. And this new $3 billion deal with SSG, which is basically just a bunch of billionaires that own a bunch of sports clubs that got together and want to invest to make money on the PGA Tour. I'm sure you've heard of this, haven't you, Scott? Or <laughs> John? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot. of. I've been reading a lot of the articles, you know, on the live thing. And then the, this PGA Tour enterprise is, I still haven't been able to wrap my whole head around it. Um, and I'm very curious to see what's, what news is, I mean, this was what, yesterday that we heard about it? Yeah, I basically. Can't wait, can't wait till we actually hear, like, let's get a little bit more details on what's going on. I mean, I know it's $3 billion, you know, SSGs and doing the 1.5 to begin with. Like, what's this going to look like for the players? What's this going to look like for the PGA? Uh, sponsors, all this stuff, like there's a lot that I think is kind of unsaid at this point, uh, but it's definitely making ripples through the golf community. Well, let's, uh, let me try to explain a little bit of what's going on. First SSG is the strategic sports group. And like we said, they've agreed to 3 million or 3 billion. Uh, they've agreed to the first chunk of being 1.5 billion, uh, immediately which gives them a stake into the PGA Tour Enterprises. Uh, I'm not going to really say. I've heard a bunch of different things on what size that stake is, um, so I don't really have that specific percentage. I think the last thing I heard was something like a, a 20 25% stake, but that that's I'm not sure that's 100%. Um, basically, the players right off the bat – Immediately, there's going to be equity stakes for about 200 players at the tune of about uh, $930 million. Um, then there's an additional $500 million for players to earn in 2025. Uh, they put in a five-year player compensation guarantee. Um, so that's, yeah, that's a huge deal. Um 
to me, I kind of feel like equity stakes and this immediate for the for probably the top 200 golfers uh, is kind of like a signing bonus. It's kind of like, uh, hey, here's, you know, it's it's more or less to me kind of like what Liv is doing, so to speak. Um, I think they did this because it's going to shore up the PGA Tour. Um, it's not a shock that they were, you know, kind of bleeding money they you know they've lost a couple sponsors that weren't willing to uh bump up the purses for the elevated events um it there's a lot wrapped up in this and there is a lot of information to roll over uh part of that being hey uh when ssg looked at this they put pga tours value the value of the PGA Tour as it stood at twelve point three billion dollars, John. That's you can't. I mean, you and I can't even comprehend what that even feels like, looks like, smells like. Uh that's a lot. That's <laughs> that's pretty significant when you start thinking about they're a not-for-profit organization. <laughs> weird, weird how that works out sometimes. Well, you know, and I've. I've I'm sure you've heard me say it over time. You know, I believe there, I don't know where all the money's going. I know that there's, you know, they've had their battles in court over, you know, antitrust, um, which now is where uh, the pit is, the Saudi public investment fund. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of people are really, con really trying to figure out how that's going to work out. Um, I still think that comes into play. Um, I'm pretty sure these guys from uh, SSG really want to get involved with with that uh, huge amount of money that's in the PIF just for business purposes, not not uh, just the PGA. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I I was scrolling through, uh, I think it was Twitter, and a one of the European stars. Uh, said, I don't know why that the DP doesn't just join forces with the PIF instead of being investments into the PGA Tour. And I thought, man, that is, I, I've been saying that from the beginning. I don't know why the DP didn't do it. I think it brings them out of the shadow of the PGA. Uh, would add a lot of suspense coming up to the Ryder Cup, especially if they can rework that deal where, you know, uh, they don't lose the top 10 of their players to the PGA or their ability yeah, yeah. to get a PGA card, wouldn't you think? Oh, I mean, that's a, that's a no-brainer. I don't I don't know that that could happen, but, man, <laughs> I, I think that would be huge. I think that would even be – because you're going to run into the DOJ, the Department of Justice – is really holding this whole thing up with the PIF because it comes back into um, antitrust. You know, it comes back into yeah. monopolizing golf. Um, and I'm not real sure how they, I don't know how they are going to go about changing that in the eyes of the DOJ, other than the fact that, well, they've done it once before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. So I don't, there's so much wrapped up in this deal, so much fine print, and they definitely still want the PIF involved because, you know, they want to 
put together. I don't know. They're saying they want to put golf back together. I, I, I understand that people are upset. I understand the diehards are upset that, you know, you got varying, you got two fractions now. Um, but it's, I think it's brought forth a lot of change. Some may say it's not good. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I know we've kind of discussed this before, but now you put this deal in here. Does that change your perspective of how this should go down? Would you rather see the PIF join with the DP and then see what the European tour could become? Uh, I almost see like live just, not swallowing up the DP world tour, but like just taking it under its wing um, and see if they can use some of their, you know, business acumen to make the DP a little bit more sought after, maybe market it a little different, make it more enjoyable to follow, maybe easier access to it. I mean, cause right now the only time I watch the DP world tours, if I'm at the sim and, you know, it's nine o'clock in the morning and they got it on, you know, on, on the golf channel. Well, and I, I really don't follow it. Right. And I, I think that's, I think that's also a problem that live golf has ran into. And that's a problem that PGA tour knows exists because if you wanted to make golf worldwide, it would be so difficult because of the TV time they want uh, the, they want the West fans. They want us. They want American fans. Um, we're a big portion of golf, a, a majority for that matter. Um, and the well, we're not the majority if you if you look at the entire world. But as far as <clears throat> watching it, you know, we're not going to get up at six o'clock in the morning to watch no. the DP World Tour. And that's a problem. And that's the same problem Liv has when they go to these other places. People are like, oh, man, well, I got to get it. You know, I got, you know, they've already got enough television problems and now going all over the place. So that's why you're seeing them have more events, a lot of events in the U.S. Because, hell, they have to, you know, to to get the fans. I mean, the PGA Tour already knows this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, they, they know what Liv's problem is. Liv doesn't make it easy enough as an experience the user experience to get involved with it uh, through ease of access at home, mobile friendly. Now, if you go to a PGA event versus going to a live event, I think the live events, I think that live has hands down, has it, has it locked up besides some specific tournaments, like the waste management's coming up, right? That is a, I would call it, I don't know if Liv modeled their tournament experiences after that, as far as the vibes when they're when you're actually at the events. Uh, but that's really only ones that I think kind of compete with Liv or on Liv's level, as far as the fan experience on site. Oh, well, I'm sure they did because, I mean, let's let's be realistic. Let's go. Hey, the waste management without that's just another, just another tournament. I mean, they they. They saw what happened as the way that course is set up, and they saw what happened, you know, when they put the stands up. And I mean, people go crazy for that event. Um, 
I mean, it's if you're going to model one, I mean, <laughs> of course, that's the one you're going to go after. And I think that that's that's great. And I, I know Liv has the better fan experience. And, you know, even though I haven't been to a Liv event, that's all I ever hear. People go, oh, man, the, it was so fun. You know, and that's, you know, some people don't like that. And I understand that. And but that's fine. But not to get too far off topic here, the the part that I'm that of this whole deal um, that gets me. So Jay Monahan will get a new job as part of the new agreement. He will move over. We in there, didn't he? Right. He'll move over as the CEO of the PGA Tour Enterprise, and he's also going to be the chairman of a 13 person board. Um, the board's going to have seven players. Uh, six of them are the PGA Tour Policy Board players directors. Uh, then they're going to have four S of the uh, SSG representatives and an independent director from the Tours Policy Board, which will be the the matter make up the seventh. Um, then under the board structure, the players will retain a small voting majority, and then the SSG representatives will also have a say on all aspects of tour business what i've uh, what i've not been able to really understand is if they're going to use that board is that just going to be the board that covers the actual day-to-day of the pga tour or how that's going to be um how that's going to be, you know, set apart, you know, with, with Jay still involved. I'm not sure how that's all going to work out. And then the, uh, you know, with the, you know, the reason they still want the PIF to get involved is also because they don't want to keep losing players. Exactly. You know, and on top of that, I guarantee you that the guys from uh, SSG want to have a, way of communicating and getting involved more with the PIF because it's, you know, it's just billionaires doing what billionaires do. Yeah. I mean, you got five, I got five. We're talking about $5. They're talking about billions. Yeah. And I mean, obviously they've looked the SSGs looked into this and they, they see some ways to make money or obviously they wouldn't be getting involved and wouldn't have tracked it so hard. Oh, 100%. I mean, the cool thing about this, if you use some imagination, is like, where's this going to take us? You know, let's say it's, it's February 1st, 2026, two years from today. Like, are you going to have the, you know, how we have the Ryder Cup? Um, you have, you know, US against Europeans or basically all other countries. Like, wouldn't it be cool to see the PGA's finest go up against the DP's finest going up against uh, Liv's finest in some type oh. of maybe new tournament exhibition? Most definitely. And I think that's a, <clears throat> I think that's what everybody wants. <clears throat> Sorry about that. I think that's what everybody wants because it, it, I think everybody just doesn't want it to be, at the majors to me that's what that's what now is really boosting the majors whether people want to say it or not but 
I think people would love to see that. Would love yeah, to see I mean, something. No one's seen, you know, a lot of people haven't been watching Dustin Johnson. Uh, you know, a lot of people haven't been watching Brooks except maybe like that full swing on Netflix. And then when he comes to the majors, they're like, they probably don't want to admit it, but they want to see what that dude's been doing, how his game is. Does he still have it? Right. Like, are these guys still able to compete now that they're only doing, you know, a limited number of events, uh, only playing a three day tournament and doing a shotgun start to boot? You know, it's like, whether they say it or not, everybody wants to. Everybody's intrigued by it regardless. Yeah, and I I don't know that anything like that would ever happen, and I don't know. It's kind of hard to figure out how would they do that on what where would they do it. I think I think the next step, I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I think the next step is going to be that um Jay comes out or however they want to do it. Somebody's going to come out and drop these penalties. They're going to say, Hey, you know what? You're, you're no longer suspended from the PGA tour. If you guys want to come play, if you have, you know, like DJ Phil, um, a lot of these guys, uh, have lifetime exemptions. Yeah. And I know that only that's what probably, uh, eight, maybe 12 players currently on live, maybe that have that. I'd have to look that up. So I'm taking a little stab at it, but they could let them back in. Now, then it would be up to, it would be in lives court as far as do they want their players to do that? You know, are they going to be the ones that hold them from going to play? And then, it, then it comes down to what the hell tournaments do you want to play? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, could could be all one big league. You never know. That's that's the crazy thing about this. You just there's so much going on. PGA Tour, you know this their new entity, Strategic Sports Group, uh, DP. Like even all like, how does this affect Corn Ferry and those guys? Like now potentially could Corn Ferry guys get exemptions? And to live, like, it just opens up a ton of possibilities. And how does Jay still have a freaking, I don't even know, like, how does he have a job? How do he weasel his way into becoming the, now he's going to be, what, the president or chief operating officer of, you know, the strategic sports group, like the for-profit side now. I think that dude is a weasel. Um, I know he... I haven't met him. We've probably bumped shoulders a couple times, you know, exclusive events that I go to, but at the Lebanon Eagles. But um, I just think he's all about himself, and he sees this as a way to uh, further his pockets, and I don't know how much he cares about truly the PGA. I think well, the only and- thing that he's worried about on the PGA is, hey, these little guys came around. Now it's going to start hurting my pocketbooks because the PGA isn't as strong as it was before live. Well, let, let me let me put this scenario out there and you, you can think about it for a second. <clears throat> let's say let's say they try to combine. If they combined, 
how, where do you put these events? And, you know, take the number of events that a PGA tour has, you know, then think of all the, think about the elevated events. Yeah. Now think about live has 14 events, which in my mind are hell, they're all elevated basically. Yeah. Um, how do you work that out? Cause my dream, I mean, I love, I, I, to me, I don't know why people don't like to live the format. I don't understand it. I like the team aspect myself. I kind of like the shotgun start. I kind of like the 54 holes because I'm telling you what, man, it's, you know, it, it moves fast. Um, I think the only drama that's really, uh, missed a little bit is, you know, if you got somebody coming behind and everybody has to come down 18 in the PGA Tour, I think that might be a little bit missed. But if you gave me an option to where you take the elevated events and the elevated events become uh, team events like live, like 14 elevated events, and you have the best players in the world on these teams, I mean, the, uh, forget TGL. I I would much rather watch these guys battle it out over 14 events for a championship. I mean, and I'm not wrapped up in the money at all. I don't. I've never watched a tournament because these guys are going to win millions. It's it's never been that. I just want to watch golf and see who wins. You know, it's it's not about the money. But you put that in front of me, man, and you put you know, whatever, like Brooks was going to do with Nike team swoosh, you know, and you, you add these corporate names onto the teams. And then as you know, you get McElroy Scheffler and Thomas and speed, you get these guys on a team and then every team is just as competitive with just as big names on those. Are, is, are you going to miss one of those tournaments, John? I mean, Long as it's not in the summertime during a uh, yield event, I'd probably be all, all over it, you know? I mean, but doesn't that does, – I mean, to me, that sounds amazing. Now, let, let's say that happens. Let's, let's, we're, let's, this is all fictional. Let's say that happens. Do you feel like that diminishes the President's Cup or the Ryder Cup? Does that change uh, the how big those events are to you? I don't think so. I don't really think it would have an effect on it, really. I mean, is it too much team golf? I guess what I'm getting at. Because, I mean, that's what – that's the huge thing I think a lot of people look at is like, ah, you know, we just – you know, the Ryder Cup, that's what gives it its its vibe. That's what makes it so great. And, and it does, but I think it's it's more Europe versus U.S. more than it is – anything else i don't i don't think if you had a massive amount of team events as long as you scramble the teams you know if all of a sudden you have a european team and a block you know and an australian yeah. you know if you did that that might change it up a little bit but man i would those would probably be i mean those would be those 14 events i don't think i'd miss them because i think it would be a, i mean it would just be absolutely amazing golf for you know five hours out of your day you know what i mean Oh, for sure. I mean, and I love, I mean, I love the team events and I like that, you know, it depends, I guess, on what the format was of the team events, but if everybody's playing their own ball, you know, 
someone, one single person is going to come out victorious. And then you could have like, you know, low round winners still, you know, gets a, a chunk of change. And that reminds me of, oh yeah, live. Well, right. I mean, that's, but they're going to have to do something because I, I just don't see a world where all that's come together unless you do something like that. And then it kind of washes. It's almost, it could almost wash live out for the most part. I mean, that's, that's going to be the hard part is, you know, obviously I think Jay's biggest thing with the PIF is going to be, how can he force Norman out? It seems like that's his biggest goal. So I don't, I don't know how that works. I mean, time's going to tell. I think this is good for the PGA Tour. I'm still on the fence of whether or not the PGA Tour. I mean, no, I'm not. The PGA Tour didn't need to do anything. They never needed to do anything. They didn't need to raise anything up. They could have took the money that they're taking for the media rights for the players, divvied that up, made this work, and I don't think they need to do anything. I think money's going to get what money's going to get no matter what you do. You're going to have guys go over. But I think if you didn't, make it such a big deal in the beginning live i don't know if live would have survived but i don't know how many players would have really went over there there's still the diehards that i don't think will will ever go so i don't in my mind i don't think the pga tour need to do anything i think jay monahan and jimmy dunn all those guys just i think they made some wrong decisions along the way and they should have really never turned the media loose and just made live grow. I mean, basically, they didn't even have to do anything. I mean, the, just the PGA Tour and the PGA Tour players alone blew live up in my mind. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, I'm thinking about back when I was a teenager, I'd get a pimple in my head. You know, you start scratching at it, poking at it. Next thing you know, that thing's festering. Right, if he would have just left it alone, it would have went away on by itself. And to your point, like PJ, if they would have just held their ground, stood quiet, didn't make a big deal over it, you want to go do your own thing, go ahead. It wouldn't have been as big as it is today, that's for sure. Yeah, I I really don't think so. I mean, the PJ Tour is a solid product, you know. But like like I said a long time ago, before we ever even started this podcast, it's a I feel like they're just chasing money. They 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 want the money, and I I've always thought sooner or later they're going to come together, you know. And I think it's it's been played so well so far by uh, the the PIF because all they're doing is they're buying these players. And people go, oh, all they're doing is buying golf. Well, no, if you don't have if you have an idea but you don't have um, the product in place. And when you have, and people I don't think wrap their mind about this, $700 billion. And I mean, you can drop 600 million and you're not, the money they make, they're not going to notice that. So they set out to, Hey, we're going to get X amount of these guys and we're going to start bringing guys using them as our product to bring people in. They don't care about losing money right now. That's not the goal. The goal has always been to get into the investment portion, deeper into the actual PGA Tour and the day-to-day workings, not on the periphery, 
not not outside investments because they're all in that already. Don't people should not don't turn a blind eye like you're not already involved with PIF and buying their products. Now that they want to be front and center and they want to push in to golf. And I think that's been their goal all along. It's not just live, it's actually getting involved into the PGA Tour and I think they've they've played it well. And people aren't looking at the fact that, you know, the last two years they got James Pyatt, who was one of the top amateurs. Now he didn't, he hasn't played so well and he missed some cuts on the tour, but he's a, he was a young kid. They got him. They got Caleb, who was definitely one of the top uh, college players anywhere. It was one of the top amateurs in the world. They they've shown that they have the ability to do that and if they can if they can poach the young players and keep this product going what happens is is the PGA tour dies out if you don't have these young kids coming in yeah you don't have a future so yeah, I, think- I think there's enough talent though i mean i don't think anybody's going to get starved out um i think maybe live could be more of the headliner tour than pga in that scenario um, but there's just so much talent out there right now that. Oh yeah. Think, I'm not I mean, talking about starved out. What I'm talking about is they're doing this and all that did it's multiplying pressure. And I think that's just pressure that was perceived by the PGA tour. If they would have stepped back and looked at everything. And then I, you could easily uh, talk me into the fact that, Jay knew this. I mean, they knew this was coming since 2016, and people don't believe that, but they have. They've known about this league, the rumblings of something starting since 2016, and they just turned a blind eye to it. And honestly, they, like we've just got done saying, they they could have just let be, let be, just and just go on day-to-day business. But I think Jay is smart enough when this started happening and he thought it, they thought long and hard about it. And I wouldn't be shocked if they weren't sitting in a room thinking about this and go, wait a minute, we can use this to set ourselves up to get investors in, to get more money. Then we all make more money. And, you know, because I think the players are just getting a sniff of what money is actually available. You know what I'm saying? That's all they've ever got to sniff. You know what I mean? I mean, there's just so much money involved with the PGA Tour. I mean, I mean, you're just talking about tournaments and sponsorships. I mean, look at the PGA, um, like merchandise. I mean, I wonder what their merchandise brings in every year. You can go to PGA.com. You can go buy polos, hats. I mean, everything under the sun. I bet they're doing, I don't know, $20, 50000000 million a year in merch. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's there's it's – it's all there, and the problem is, and I think this is a big reason why uh, the PIF and the PGA backed away uh, from their lawsuits because eventually, when you when you go and you point the finger at you know antitrust issues and uh, saying that whether that you know the lives trying to buy them out or the PGA Tour is doing this, so you go to litigation sooner or later. You know what happens, John? They want to see the books. 
Yeah, open them they up. Wanna, they want to know how much money. How are you losing money? Well, how much did you lose? We need to see your books. And the PGA Tour, nor nor the PIF, no, nobody wants to open their books. The PGA Tour for years has not wanted to open their books. The players have asked for an independent audit of the of the PGA Tour, and they won't do it. They lean on Price Waterhouse, who does all their books for them. But shockingly, guess what? Price Waterhouse is also their marketing partner. So it's, you know, I'm not trying to dip into conspiracy theories because this really isn't a theory. This is just fact. You can you can dig it up and this this has happened over the years. Uh, you know, so it's this is nothing new. It's it shouldn't be a shock to anybody that the PJ tour is about the about the money and they're a conduit for um their sponsors' money. You know, they're they're a conduit for that. Their sponsors' money going to charity, you know, because there's billions of dollars that I mean, where where's all this money going? I know they have the players' retirement fund and all that stuff, but there's still a lot of uncounted for money that nobody knows. The players surely don't know where it's going because no nobody wants to do an independent audit. Yeah, I mean, that's they're it'd be tough for them to open up their books. Um, just like any, any business out there, no one wants to share or divulge that information uh, because then they might get a little bit uh, of some critique of maybe how they're running those businesses. And right. The money and, you know. So John, let me ask you this. What's your level of excitement about the return of Anthony Kim to golf? On a scale of one to ten, I'm probably about a three. Maybe yeah, a I, I I agree. I mean, I you, you don't know what you're gonna get. I mean, I know he was a <clears throat> supposed to be the second coming of Tiger, and um, you know, just ran into some some problems, ran into the uh, issue with his uh, was it his thumb and then his uh, Achilles, and you know, he had a a lot of issues, but. I don't know what it, I don't know what we're going to get. I mean, it's nice to see the guy coming back, but obviously he has to pay back that ten mil, which it lives probably going to live is already guaranteed to do that right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, it's anytime you get somebody that made some ripples in golf, it's nice to see him back. You know, I would have loved to see Duvall come back um, after he dropped off the face of the earth for a while. Uh, so it's nice to actually see Kim kind of still in the age bracket where he could, you know, he could make some movement. He could win majors. He could win, you know, he could be a top 20 golfer. You just don't know, like, where where's his game at? I know people posted some videos of him on the range. It's like, all right, I want to see this guy on the course, and let's see what he does. Like, I think people are going to be excited to see him. Um. I'm just not getting my hopes up that he's going to do anything spectacular this year. Um, but time will tell. Hopefully, hopefully it puts me, you know, right. Puts me uh, in the dirt and goes out there and wins a couple of live events right off the bat and just brings home some, some paydays for himself. I mean, I, I just, I think it'll be cool to see another guy that wears a huge belt buckle like Tex Lawson does out there on the tour. Yep, I agree. A little sexy taxi action. Oh yeah. 
both have had, both have had some uh physical restraints and physical ailments that but i i think uh i think it'll be good for for live i think it will draw people in I just hope he doesn't go out there and shoot like a freaking 86. You know, I could see this guy going out there and being a head case after having this much time off. Well, what time will tell. Um, yeah. I wanted to give uh, our audience a little heads up next week. It's probably going to be a really big week for the boys, for me and John. Uh, there's going to be a lot, a lot of podcasts drop next week. Um, we've got Caitlin Kane. Uh, she's going to be on next week. I'm going to make sure I get that one out pretty quick. Um, we're going to be dropping, uh, an interview this Sunday. Um, we're also going to be meeting up at John's place, uh, with Tyler McGenzie, uh, talk about our five iron event, get people pumped up for that. Um, so we potentially are going to drop three podcasts next week. Well, we yeah, we're we're doing the damn thing. Yeah, which is which is going to be which is which is going to be cool. Um, so hopefully, we're going to have pick up some more subscribers. Uh, all our boys out there, I need them to jump on and subscribe and like. We need that to happen. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff in the pipeline coming up, John. Oh, yeah. Uh, give us a little uh, update about the boys in Five Iron from the other night. Well, Five Iron event was a little unique, last event. I was there in spirit uh, and physically. Uh, mentally, I was, not, I was not present for the entire uh, two-man or four-man scramble, I think. I don't know. I was there, but I wasn't there. Activated. Really don't know what we shot. Um, don't know if we did good, bad. Uh, all I know is I walked uh, out to my car the next morning, and my head was pounding, and I was like, all right, well, that's a $50 Uber ride home. And uh, just glad to wake up in the morning. Well, you left that all on the field, I take it, or all on the course, I should say. <laughs> I left it all in the sim. <laughs> um, the high noons were flowing. Uh, I do remember that. I know I uh, drank Tony's last drink that he had on the table because mine was out and the uh, waitress wasn't coming by quick enough. So I am I have faith in my boys. They, they carried me. Uh and I mean, we had we have such a big league. I just don't see that anybody could overcome us. I mean, that's how confident and cocky I am right now. We have that that's seven shot league going into it. That's what I like to hear. When it's no hobby, it's really no hobby. I mean, some that's people get it, some people don't, and it just so happens we have it. Well, John, that's what I wanted to jump on here and talk about. Um, I wouldn't say we're we're late. I kind of am happy. I was figuring we were going to hear something about Anthony Kim, which that was cool to have that dropped on here. I know we were trying to push this and be one of the first at it. I was, uh, but I think it worked out. I think it worked out good to to give it another night and get a little bit. I got a little bit better breakdown of all the things that are entailed in this new agreement. 
Oh, yeah. And uh, landscape of golf, I think, is uh, forever changed and was going to keep on changing with all this uh, money flying around. That's a fact. The only constant in life is change. Well, that's true. Day to day, buddy. Day to day. Well, all right, John. I'm going to close this out. You got anything you want to leave with everybody? Raffle tickets are still on sale ton of good giveaways for the February 24th Riley McGinsey Golf Foundation Tournament at Five Iron Golf. Pacers floor tickets, signed autograph helmets, memorabilia, foursomes for everything. I just saw a Hillview foursome come across my desk, a Ewan foursome. I mean, we got restaurants, we got hair salons, barbershops, you name it. I mean, you put some money in the hat, you're probably going to walk away with something um got some cool prizes and it's, it's all going to a great cause and in a in a memory of a great person so hope you guys uh come out if you can't come out shoot me a text get a hold of steve get a hold of tyler mcginsey we'll get you uh you know electronic payments venmo zelle cash app whatever the case may be we'll get it taken care of we'll get your names written on the tickets we'll send you a picture you don't have to be present to win and uh help us Help us raise good, good amount of money for a good person that he'd be proud that we did this for him. Oh, I'm sure he will. I'd be glad his boys are all together. Um, I also wanted to let everybody know just a little uh, sneak peek at things to come that we will be holding a two man event at Hillview mm. Country Club in Franklin, Indiana. Oh yeah, on Cinco de Mayo. Ooh. That's right. For all you that don't know, that's the fifth of May. Fifth of May. Um, we're we're putting well, that. Yep, we're putting that together. Um, details are going to be coming. Um, we're going right now. I'm looking at capping that event because it's going to be our first one to about 36 players. Um, I think that'll be good for our first one. Uh, me and John discussed about probably trying to do maybe only three of these this year uh, on top of our Ryder Cup, which we'll talk about that in a later episode. Um, but if you're listening and you want to get involved, hit us up through any of our social media. Uh, you can shoot us an email at two dudes and one card at gmail.com. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to the Mid Golf Company. Uh, for being their their uh, interviews coming out, they got a lot of good quality apparel at affordable price. I'd like to give a shout out to uh, our buddy David Belville. I've been talking to him about some different products that are coming out. If you haven't listened to that interview, check it out. Uh, Brad Allen over at Hickory Stick. Um, if you haven't played Hickory Stick, you should get over there and get ready for the season and get out there and play. Other than that, John, you have yourself a good evening, buddy, and I uh, really enjoy talking to you, and we're going to keep this uh, big ship that is two dudes and one cart rolling, brother. All right, man. Let's uh, put the sails up and keep coasting. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you later. All right, brother.